Well, hey, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Frontline Community Church's weekly podcast. We're a church based in Ramstein, Germany, and we have a simple mission, and that's to love God, to love others, and to help others love God. Now, we do this by being real, relational, and relevant. Now, as you listen to our podcast today, we hope that you're blessed and that your journey with Jesus Christ becomes stronger than ever. God bless you. Hey, my name is John Maroos. I'm the lead pastor here. If you are visiting with us, and uh, everybody raise a hand, and don't turn around. Just raise your hand and wave to our online frontline family. What's up, you guys? Facebook, raise your hands. You guys in the back row, you got the spot. You got to really, there you go. There you go. See, we, we see you guys in your living rooms and in cafes all over the world watching on YouTube and Facebook. Follow along as we wrap up a series. If you are a first-time visitor with us, this is our last part to a series we're calling Better all right, left sides with me. Better? Together. Yeah, because we are better together, and, and we know the world um, is in pieces right now, and uh, we have a political season upon us, and we have COVID uh, still upon us, and so many of these pieces have pushed us apart and are going to continue to push us apart, and so we see from Scripture that Jesus Christ died on the cross to not just forgive us of our sins, but to bring us together because we're better together. Amen? So I'm going to wrap this one up with a topic, and you're going to get really quiet on me. I don't want you to get quiet on me because we're all in this together, and this is actually a very important way to wrap this series up. We'll hit a new series next Sunday, start next Sunday, on spiritual warfare. I want to equip you guys as you're journeying through this life. I want to help you see where your battles are coming from. But today, let's wrap this series up. Here's what I want to talk about today. Go ahead and take a picture of this or write this down. I want to talk about a community of life-giving words. A community. See, I already heard some people groan. I already heard you groan. I want to talk about a community of life-giving words. Throw that up in the comment section, Facebook uh, and YouTube. Um, you know, I know we all got a little downtime with COVID. What would you do if I told you that I'm a reader? I'm kind of a nerd when no one's looking. Maybe I'm a nerd when people are looking. I don't know. But I like to read. And what would you do if I told you that every day this week, I'm going to read a 78-page book? I mean, let's say you're in the school system. What would you, what, is that good? Is that good? You believe it? Okay. Is that good? Someone give me a woohoo back there. Every day, I'm going to read a 78-page book. Now, what if I told you this, that every day this week, I'm going to write a 78-page book? Mixed response there. Some of you are like, you should be preaching on lying this morning. Well, what if I told you that every single day you speak? a 78-page book every single day. Every single day, you and I, some of you double that, and that's not an insult. I spoke to your spouse, and you double that. It's all good. It's all good. But if you think about the power of words and the amount of words that we speak 
in a single day. It's amazing, you guys. Now, adding to that is social media, right? You got TikTok, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. I can't just have a Facebook app. They make me have the Messenger app too. You got WhatsApp, you got IG, you got Twitter, you got WeChat, you got Line, Telegram, Snapchat, texting, you got email if you are old. No one responds to my emails. You got media constantly shooting news articles at you. And then you've got politics as well. And it's amazing if words have power, how many words are flying right now. And I had to really check myself. And sometimes people, not sometimes, all the time, people will hit me up and they'll say, hey, Pastor John, what do you think about this? What do you think about what happened in the States? Uh, what's your stance on this? And my new response is this is my response. Let God speak. Proverbs eighteen thirteen. Get the facts before you speak. For to speak before... Amen. Go ahead. Get the facts before you speak. For to speak before you heard the facts is going to bring humiliation. That's what God says. And right now, guys, and I know there's a lot of energy and anger and frustration going on all over the world, but it's amazing to me how much fire we're stirring up because without knowing the facts, because you're leaning on CNN or Fox News, with all their spin, without knowing the facts, we're hurling words at each other in this world right now. And it terrifies me because God Almighty says, when the facts come out and you took a side, there's going to be humiliation. And it just hit me that as God's people, we've got to be careful. We've got to slow down the way we're speaking. Proverbs 18.21, throw this up. Take a picture of this, guys. And this is serious business to be a human being. Here's what the Almighty says. The tongue, words, the tongue has the power of life and death. And I like that verse sometimes. I don't like that word all the time in my own house because sometimes I speak words of death. My wife should not say amen. But sometimes I speak uh, the wrong way and I feel it sucking the life out of my home. But I love the promise of God in the gospel that through the Holy Spirit and through the community, I can learn how to give life with my words. And I was walking through K-Town yesterday and, uh, and I was looking at all of these people and I was realizing that through the Holy Spirit and the word of God and its transformative power in me, that God has given me the power to say words that are nothing but vibrations off of vocal cords, but they can hit all of these people and I have the power to bring life to this crowd. And it's a huge responsibility. But God actually calls us as a community to speak words of life. And I know it's on fire out there. And I know we can't muzzle what's going on out there. If we can't control the words out there and what they're doing to us, we can be a community in here called Frontline Community Church that does speak words of life. I heard it all morning. We get here at like 6.30 in the morning. And I got teams here, I got staff here, and uh, then I see you guys here, and I felt it. I felt the words of life 
hit me, and it was a beautiful thing. I could feel a shift in my soul through your words. And words are weird things. They're symbols. Think about it. These are just symbols like on a text. They're just, they're letters. They're symbols. But they hold so much power when they're received. Vibrations off the tongue, and yet they have the power. How many of you guys still remember something someone said to you in the third grade? Like my sis, who's probably watching, sis, this is not a shot at you. I'm not throwing shade. I love you. Um, but you used to tease me about my toes being long. Remember that? And it was just fun family stuff. And you know I got better looking feet than you. So that's all right. But I remember when I was little, like I wouldn't, I would always wear shoes in the summer because I thought my feet were ugly. And it's weird what words can do to a human soul because we're designed to affirm each other. And when we don't affirm each other and we tear each other down, it scars the soul. The tongue has the power of life and death, amen? And guys, we display this power 7,000 times a day. That's how many words we speak a day. 7,000 times a day, I do something to your soul and to your soul and to your soul and to your soul just by speaking. And what I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ, I was an atheist until I was 20. And... uh, I hurt a lot of people with my words. As a matter of fact, when I became a follower of Jesus, um, I went back to my high school, and I spent a lot of time there um, apologizing to people. And I remember my, my assistant principal saying, Johnny, that's what they called me in high school, you were either going to become a prisoner or a priest. You were one of those stories right there. And, and I just remember walking through. I didn't know how to take that. I was like, why didn't you tell me that when I was 16? Like, because you never came to class, son. But it was amazing to me. I could look back and realize all of the words that I had said and what they had done to people, and they still remembered those words. But the gospel had gotten a hold of me, you guys. Christ, Christ had gotten a hold of me. And my heart was changing. And I would see people, and I was, I was finding more peace with myself, so I was able to show peace to other people. And so I started healing inside through the gospel, through being a a born-again follower of Jesus, and and my heart was changing. And I I realized the power of starting to speak words of life to people. It was a radical transformation, and that's what I want us to focus on in this world of woes. The gospel can infuse us as a community with the power to use words to give radical life. Like, I bet you if you walked in here and you were spitting words uh, of that, that just, we're not giving life. Like, one, I'm glad you're here. It's all good. You're here. I bet by the time this sermon ends, you could spin that around so fast in the power of the Holy Spirit, and through one sentence, you could turn around that car right. So I'm going to give you one point. I knew you were going to get quiet on me. I'm going to give you one point. You're like, you're preaching on using words. We're not saying nothing until you're done. But write this one thing down, and I'm so excited about seeing the Spirit of God work. We are a community that speaks words of life. That's what we are, words of life. If words are power, then we come here and we speak words of life. So I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to walk you through this church in their journey. It was in a, a city called Ephesus. Some of you guys have been there. And uh, this guy, Paul, he's an early church leader. 
He's writing a letter. Go to Ephesians 4. We'll throw it up here. And he's writing this letter. It's actually going to many churches, not just one church. It's called a circular letter. Write that down. It's a circular letter. Don't worry about spelling circular, right? Just write C, letter, or, you know, you'll figure it out. But it's a circular letter, and Paul realizes that the world at large, Facebook, the world at large in Paul's day, rhetoric, the Roman worlds, they were tearing people down because they knew the power of words. As a matter of fact, you were exalted. You were like Taylor Swift back then if you could speak really well and crush people. And so Paul realizes that cannot creep into the community called the church. And so he begins to write that you you are new in Christ and let Christ make your words new as well. Pick it up in Ephesians 4, look at verse 1. He goes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. I wonder who was a bigger prisoner Paul, who was free in his soul, and while he was a prisoner, he was speaking words of life to the guards, or those who were free, who were chained to words of death. He says, I was a prisoner for the Lord, but man, I was free. And I'm urging you to walk, write a a note in your Bible, to live a lifestyle, that's what the word walk means in the New Testament. I'm trying to get you to be in rhythm with the Holy Spirit, to live a lifestyle in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So you've been saved by Christ, and I want you to start transforming and seeing Christ show up in your life, the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit. Make sense? Now, here's what it looks like, verse 2. With all humility, with all humility, I want you to study the life of Christ and see that it's okay to be humble and stop fighting for causes that are not causes and creating division. And I want you to learn to be gentle in a violent world. And I know that's antithetical, and I know it doesn't make sense because that's the way the world works, but Christ is in us. Let's be gentle towards each other. And I want you to be patient when a world is quick to tweet, when it has no idea about the facts. I want you to be patient, and I want you to trust God. And I want you to realize that maybe justice won't come in this world, but there's a judge who will judge. So your job is to endure. And I want you to learn how to bear with one another in love. They're attacking each other out there, but you're called to bear with one another in love. Jesus had his Judas. How did he deal with them? Jesus had his crew. How did he deal with them? And I love verse 3, in a world that is splintered. Guys, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We are called to eagerly make sure that we stay unified right here. And one of the primary ways we do it is by speaking words of life. Look at Ephesians 4.29. Say amen so I know you're out there. Even if you disagree, just say amen. Look at 429. So how do you keep unity? Well, at least in the Merce house, 
I would say the quickest way to screw up my home is through our words. I think our words do the most damage in our home. And I didn't grow up in church, but I hear the stories. I would say the way that churches get screwed up the most is by people's words. The power of gossip, right? The power of division. And, of course, we know in our world, the quickest way to destroy our world, our schools, our, our political systems, our neighborhoods, is through the power of words. So he says in verse 29, in light of keeping us together, so here's what I need you to do. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Easy? No way. No way. How many of you guys corrupted this morning already? Come on, raise your hand with me. Facebook, you can't hide. I know you probably corrupted a little bit. I did. And what it actually means, the word corrupt, it, it was used uh, for rotten fruit. Um, I love bananas, and I got bananas all over my kitchen. And one of the things I hate is when I turn a banana over, all I want to do is eat a banana in the morning, and the backside's all bruised. Anybody seen that? It's all bruised. And uh, it's funny because they bruise so quick. And, and what you can do is put it in a bag and take it to work. And all it takes is a little bit of force and a little bit of pressure before that beautiful thing that I want to consume is all messed up. And that's what Paul is saying. You can have a beautiful situation or a beautiful friendship or a beautiful home and just like fruit getting bruised and then being rotten and of no use. That's what words can do. And it's weird. Words are weird because they're just like, again, they're like vibrations and symbols, but they carry so much weight. You know what a word is? A word is a thought communicator. Check this out. So I got a thought right here. Now, it may be bad. Now, we're friends, so I can do this. It may be bad. I may be like, dude, I hate this guy. No, that's not true. But I, I may have that thought. And what a word is, is, it, is the way that I'm communicating the thought into your brain. And you're going to catch a thought. You're going to catch my thought. And what it does is it attacks your soul. But, but I can do it the opposite way. If I want to paint a beautiful, beautiful picture and heal you, and I've got this thought in my mind, I communicate the power of the thought. Because when you get my thought, it's powerful. And I communicate that thought into your head through words, vibrations. And when you catch it, for whatever reason, how God has designed it, it radically like, goes down into your soul and does something to you. Words are powerful. And our words, guys, they have the ability to create reality in people's minds, true or false. And that's what's so wild about words. That's why they're so powerful. I could, I could come out into the crowd. Uh, I don't want the camera to lose me. But I, I, could, I could say, like, you know, I could say a lie about you. I could say, you know, you screwed that up and... And that was stupid, and, and I, could, I could give you a new identity right now. I could say, you're, the act wasn't stupid, you're stupid. And you'll catch that thought, and it has a way of forming a truth in you. Now, on the flip side, I could free you. Because maybe someone has told you that story for years. See, you're already smiling. You're feeling it already. Maybe someone told you that for years and years and years. And I can come in and I can unchain your soul by going, that's not what God says about you. And that's not what I see. No, I call you loved always. I call you daughter of God. I call you a future that is so bright and wild, if God revealed it, it would freak you out. I call you powerful in Christ. And I can unlock you. The power of words. And that is why the Bible says we can't randomly dump the contents of our mind out. 
without regard to the significance of what those words are going to do. And I struggle with this. You know, I just, I randomly just, boof, catch. Then the next day I go, I wonder what that did. And if you look at verse 25, I don't have a slide up here, but if you have a Bible, just look at verse 25. He goes like this, and he's he's explaining how we're connected in our words or doing things to each other. Therefore, having put away falsehood, like don't lie to each other. Don't say that person's this when they're not. Let, Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Now, I love this right here. For we are members one of another. Like I'm so interconnected with you. And I'm so interconnected with you guys as human beings. Like, I can't tell lies about you, and I can't attack you with my words. Like, you need me, and I need you. I need you to speak the truth about me, to me, because we're woven together. I want you to write this down. I may have stole this. Make sure I didn't plagiarize this on Facebook, please. But if I didn't, go ahead and hashtag this. Write this down. Take a picture of this. This is a good thing to meditate on right here. A picture can speak a thousand words. We've heard that old saying. But a thousand words can paint a permanent picture. One of our pastors, Pastor Chris, he's he's at home right now. He's actually um, on our social media team. And he's he's typing words of life right now uh, from his home today. We were talking about this at our staff meeting. I I was saying, hey, as a staff, we need to speak words of life. That's one of our core values. We have core values as a staff. They're family values. They rule us. We all behave by them, or at least we try. And uh, Chris goes like this, oh man, I was going to tell the kid staff the same thing. We were going to go over words of life. And, uh, and he goes like this. He's got three kids now. They just had a, a new beautiful baby boy, but they have two girls. And he goes, I've got two girls. And they, they were, like Jesus was speaking through them, because one of them builds up like with blocks And the other one always loves to come in and tear it down. And he's like, I've got both of them in me. Some days I build up, other days I tear people down. And that's the battle that Jesus wants to give us the victory in. And, And... This is good. This is good. It's good because it's God's word spoken by a sinner. Amen to the word or might me as a sinner. (laughs) Words of life. (laughs) Let me speak to you guys. Let me speak to you about power. I'm I'm nervous, but under the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm excited to look at a, a world of people around me and how I can speak and just like give life and give life and give life. And there's like a 10-year-old and this is like, I, I want to see you and speak life into your life and a single mom or a divorced lady or a, a stay-home dad or whatever. I just want to speak life. I want to be that guy under the control of the word and the Holy Spirit. But words, words, words are not powerful, guys, simply because they're, again, vibrations in the air. They're powerful because it's my heart saying to your heart, This is what I think about you. This is what God thinks about you. And that is a very dangerous yet exciting power. In Ephesians 4, verse 30, this is why Paul says, hey guys, why don't we just be radical? 
Why don't we just decide to be different from that combative world? And why don't we decide to not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but let him flow? Let him dance through our words. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Well, how do I not grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Let's not use our words. It's like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you if you're a born-again believer. And, and Jesus goes like this. He's like a mighty rushing river. He's like trying to thrust out of us. Like he's trying to pound out of us. He's not trying to drip out of you. He's trying to change the atmosphere of where you live. He's trying to change the atmosphere of your workplace. He's trying to move with, with fierce, life-giving power. And the vehicle in which he uses is speech. And so he goes, don't, don't grieve me. Don't hold me back. Let me work. Let me loose through words. And I think when I was looking at that, I was like asking myself, and I was asking the Lord, Lord, I want to speak words of life. I want to be better at this. Why do I speak words that take life away? Why do we do it? I mean, what's, what's at the, the core of that? And maybe you're here and you're like, John, I hate this sermon, but I love this sermon. I need this sermon, but I'm uncomfortable right now. That's okay. But if you're here today and you're like, man, I would really like to transform my words. Why do I speak the way I speak? Well, I want to tell you why we all struggle with our speech. It's not, it's not the speech itself. It's the heart. And I want you to write this down or take a picture of this. Facebook, YouTube, guys, check it out. Frontline online, check it out. Words are attached to the heart. Words are attached to the heart. And this is actually a relief to me because I speak so many words. I speak for a living, which makes us dangerous. But I speak too many words to stop and make sure they're all right. I can't do that. But if I just put the right things in my heart, the right words will come out of my mouth. And so that's a simpler way to deal with speaking words of life is just to focus on my heart. Word problems are heart problems. Let me just do it like this. I've got this, uh, you know, I, don't, I still don't drink the fizzy water. It's like part of coming in Germany. You got to be converted to the fizzy water. And I'm fighting. I'm fighting this. I'm, are you, are you, do you drink the fizzy water? Don't fight. Ita, I thought we were friends, brother. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll trust you, so maybe I'll start. Well, my wife only buys this. She's trying to convert me through pressure. And so what I have here is uh, I've, got, I've got a bottle of pressure. I've got pressurized water here. And uh, now, is this okay? That's okay to do that. My God, you, you think it's okay. Can you open this over your mom's lap for me? <laughs> He's like, sure. <laughs> You'd be dead tonight. You'd go down when you got home. You know that, right? Don't call me, okay? <laughs> but if I shook this up and I just decided, let's do it. Come on, it's okay. Come on. This is a safe place. Listen, listen. Let's just listen, listen, listen. You hear that? I'm. Oh, that sounds like speech. Now, what's the real problem? Is it the noise coming out? Or what's on the inside? 
Now I could pour the contents of this out. You could shake it. You could throw it. And then you could open it. And nothing crazy would explode. As a matter of fact, let me prove this point to you from the Lord Jesus. Look at Luke 6 and verse 45. Look at what the Lord Almighty says. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil is... Um, of his evil treasure produces evil. Now, here's the part I want you to pay attention to. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. I got a little lippy with my wife yesterday on the way to the mall at K-Town, and I realized I wanted to control it, and I realized it was because I had something lodged in my heart that I had to bring before Jesus and deal with. I was actually worried about something today at church, and I hadn't given it to the Lord in prayer, so I was agitated and I was worried. And, uh, and it was coming out in, you know, like cynical speech to my wife. She was like, you want to go to the mall? You know, and I'm like, you want to go to the mall? She's like, how old are you? How old are you? And I realized it wasn't her and it wasn't even my speech. It was something in my heart. And so the key to this as a community is that we keep putting the words in our hearts. We need to be full of God's word to speak words of life. And that's why we do it as a community around the word. That's why the book, the Bible is so important. We put the word in, the word comes out. Go back to Ephesians 4 verse 29. You guys okay? Look at 429. I like this verse. Let me read the second half now. So he says, Hey, I know the Roman world around you is ripping itself to pieces with words. I know they're tweeting. I know they're using Facebook. But for us who have the Spirit, our way is radically different. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up. Now look at what he says there. But only say words that build up, that build up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. There's life, there's transformation of a marriage in the second half of, of that verse right there. When he says building up, it literally means to build a home. How many of you guys have remodeled a home before? Nobody? You guys just PCS. I know, you just kind of cruise around. But uh, think about it. Think about when you remodel a home, like we're actually... We're going to tear all this out, and we're going to build a bigger auditorium um, so we have less services here at Frontline. We're in the, that project right now. Very excited about that. And if you don't know, we're taking that building over next door as well and uh, maybe taking that building across the street over and opening a coffee shop. Um, someone's praying for us right now, I can tell. Someone's praying for us. I'm very excited. But nonetheless, it means to build up. You see, when you have a slab and you've got a rotten house there, what, what the Bible says is what you need is you need new stuff in there. You need to go in there and you need to build up things that are going to be foundational and solid. And that's what our words are supposed to do. I'm supposed to think to myself, will this build them up or will this break them down? Is this going to move them closer to Christ, or is this going to cause them to punch me? As fits the occasion, 
What, what an amazing art it is to be human. But only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. That means, because our words have power and they give life, that when someone comes to me, I'm able to read them in what situation they're in. And if they're discouraged, I read that they're discouraged because I love them and I choose to speak words that break the chains of discouragement and build them back up. If they're struggling with sin, they're struggling with pride, they're struggling with something that's destroying them, they come to me, I love them, I know what they need to be built back up because they're tearing themselves down right now. And so I choose words that may be hard, but I know the end result is to build them up towards Christ. I need to choose in that moment what's going to build that person up for Christ. They're six years old. They spilled something. I'm about to infect you with power. Will it give you life? Or will you remember this moment when you're 22? Will it build you up? Does it fit the occasion? You're six. Now, if you keep looking at me with that look in your eye and throwing the milk on the ground, we're going to have a different conversation. What needs to be said to give life right now? You know it's the, one of the greatest feelings in the world when you say something to somebody and you see life in their face. They're just like, oh, man. And I like what he says at the very end of verse 29. That it may give grace to those who hear. I'm going to get choked up right here. That it may give grace to those who hear. Grace means a divine encounter. In other words, what if we could say things to each other that gave so much life from the word of God that it would be like we had a divine encounter with Jesus Christ? That's what that means. Like you just walk away and you're just like, dang. Every time the Lord spoke, things came to life. Just they came to life, dead things, Lazarus. We, we sang about it, David. You know, Lazarus, just Come. Come forth. Yes, okay. He comes forth. We can give people a divine encounter with God. Words have the power to open locked doors to the soul. Sometimes people have locked themselves in their soul. Sometimes other people have locked them in their soul. But we can have Lazarus experiences by speaking life and bringing them forth into victory. Let me say a couple things and we're out. Words can change someone's mind. Literally alter someone's belief. We can change the atmosphere simply by speaking. When we speak, our words create. And I was telling the band this this morning, when, when they sing, I want them to visualize this. But as you live, I want you to visualize this. Every heart is like a canvas. 
Every heart is like a canvas. And every word is like a brushstroke, painting a picture. Some people walk around this world with the worst painting on their soul. And you have the ability to begin to paint something new. Bob Ross style, amen. I want you to think about that. As you see another human being, what picture will you paint through your words to give them life? Let's pray. Just bow your heads. Spend some time with the Lord this morning. You know, the Lord told me there are three people, three types of people in this room. And in a way of response, I want you to ask yourself, which person am I? There are some of you here who don't know Christ. And I believe the greatest words you need to hear this morning are from the Father, God. Come to me. All of you who are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior... Hear the Father's words to you for the first time. Come and be saved. Where you sit right now in the quietness of your heart, speak words of life back to him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and to save you just like that right now where you sit. Forgive me of my sins. Save me, Father. Let him give you life. I think for others in this room, maybe like me, you've struggled with your words. And you know that at times your words have have hurt people. But we are in this together. And where you sit, why don't you ask Jesus to fill you up? to transform your words. And why don't you ask him to help you begin a new journey today to speak words of life. And I'm talking about when you walk out of this place, you begin to speak words that give life. But I think there's a third person here. And I think for many of you, You have believed for far too long the words of another person. You've believed a narrative that has been told to you for years. You have felt like a slave to that story. You can still hear the words. Well, I say this morning, 
We let the Spirit set us free. We are no longer slaves to fear. But I want you to hear my words of life to you. We are children of God. We are the loved always. We are the more than conquerors in Christ. We are the all things still work together for good people. We are the I have works prepared for you that if I told you it would blow your mind people. These are the words you need to hear today. No longer slaves, but we are the radical children of God. I'm going to pray over us a prayer that will birth life in your souls. And then I want us to speak back to this God in song. Father, would you help us now as we sing? Not to sing another song, but to sing life, to own who you say we are, to no longer get caught up in the rat race of the war of words of this world, to divorce one final time all that has been told and said to us by people as we declare over each other through song of might this morning that we are the born again, we are the sons and the daughters. And so we celebrate that identity this morning through song. Fill us up now, Holy Spirit. Move through this place as we sing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If this was your first time joining us online, please head over to the contact us portion of our website and say hi. We would love to meet you. If you'd like someone from our church to pray for you, please shoot us an email at prayer at frontlinecommunity.org. If you feel led to contribute financially to this ministry, please visit frontlinecommunity.org forward slash give or email giving at frontlinecommunity.org. Please feel free to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and rate our podcast. We hope that you were blessed today and we'll see you next week.